everyone. Welcome back to 35ish Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us again. We're back for week three, and we are excited to talk about jobs, careers, some side hustles, and what they've meant to us in our lives. So we're now living through what management professor Anthony Klotz and now the media calls the great resignation. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the current state of work how our career expectations began, how they've shifted, how our education decisions have or maybe not didn't have or have not led to where we are today. And where we are today is actually, we're happy to say, our realistic dream careers. We'll wrap it up with our hopes for the future as well as our hopes for what the future of the workforce is for all of you. We hope you enjoyed listening to us today. If you did, please subscribe to our podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you can, please leave us a great review while you're at it. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 35ish Podcast. So, Ash, did you know that we are living in the great resignation? So I didn't know that there was a name for it. Um, as a realtor, I have found that a lot of people have been leaving the cities and they have been moving to their summer houses or wanting a summer house because they can now work remotely. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize they're like, it was so much of a thing that there's a name that's wild. <laughs> oh, yeah. So according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, 4.4 million Americans quit their jobs in September alone. Um, wow. Yeah, isn't now, that wild? Now, is that them quitting or quit, quitting and going into a different career path? Or like, what does that mean? Leaving, leaving the workforce, are they leaving permanently or are they forging a new way in a different profession? Such a good question. So in the beginning of COVID back, we're thinking we're talking that March of 2020, it, a lot of people actually did have to leave because of work slowing down. So a lot of people either had to leave due to furlough or layoffs or just hours being cut. But now it's, it has shifted. And now in starting in September and, and continuing each week, there's more and more. It is actually workers leaving that paid workforce. So making the decision to leave a current position, perhaps for something new, but there is not a huge, there isn't a lot of data to show yet that people are returning immediately. So they're really taking this time to reset their priorities and figure out what they want. It's not actually where I find myself today. <laughs> right now, I feel lucky to actually not be part of this great resignation to be finally in what I would consider my realistic dream career, which is an academic librarian. Yeah. And, and much like you, um, I've been really thankful to have, you know, taken the path of self-employment and entrepreneurship. So this wasn't something that I was Um, personally affected by, I had already, both of us, like you, we had already taken our big leaps of faith career-wise, I mean, years ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's interesting that others are now following sort of a similar, similar path. I know. Um, It's so interesting. Should we take a step back? I'd love to like walk through what are the steps that we took and kind of what got us to where we are now. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's a great place to go. Um, And just even talking about the expectations when we were Mm -hmm. younger Mm -hmm. and we were growing up, um, I really felt like my entire life, it was always 
the outline that was set for me, and I think many others was, You go to school, you finish high school, and the goal Mm -hmm. from high school is to be able to apply and get into a great college and to get that college degree. Um, I I never really felt that there was another option or another potential Mm -hmm. path, and I felt like all the guidance counselors and parents and, you know, everyone who was surrounding us at that time, that, that was the goal. Everyone was looking to get into college to get that degree. Absolutely. It's everything that we did pretty much, you know, from the moment you stepped into, you know, your later elementary school years, that was the end goal. That was all that was sort of talked about. It was linear. It was the goal was to get to college. What did, Ash, did you know what you, did you have an idea of what you wanted to be when you grew up and were 35-ish? Did you have like a clear idea when you were a young kid? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I mean, when I was a really young kid, Uh, I mean, I would throw all kinds of things that I, you know, wanted to be anywhere from like a ballerina to a vet (laughs) to a lawyer to, I mean, a business person. I Mm -hmm. mean, all the different things when I was, you know, younger and as I got, you know, to the high school years when there's definitely more of a push to kind of figure that out. Um, In high school, I sort of was like, I think I want to be a nurse. I found Mm -hmm. science to be really interesting. And Mm -hmm. that seemed like a very like known Mm -hmm. and like noble Mm -hmm. path to go. One that you can be like, I want to be a nurse and it's celebrated. Absolutely. There's Um, no no one's questioning it. it. There's a clear road there. You don't have to figure a lot out for yourself. The path is is there. So that's what I thought. And that's what I applied Mm -hmm. to college as. But I kind of remember from the time that I met you freshman year, you always kind of had a job that you wanted to be. I did. Um, (laughs) You want to talk about that? Yes, I did. I I always wanted to be a writer, even gosh, as early probably as like kindergarten, first grade, it was something that I always wanted. Um, And in, and you know, high school, I was at the editor (laughs) of the newspaper. Um, And so it seemed natural in college to sort of go with an English degree major. Um, And I thought, you know, I would maybe go into like print journalism and work for magazines. I was really uh, inspired by How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Andy Anderson. I really yes. saw a Well, I also feel like, um, you know, Lauren Conrad on the Hills, you know, she went off and she was working for, you know, Teen Vogue. And I feel like that was like, looked really glamorous and fun back then too. So Goddess. I can see, I can see, you know, the allure of that in our generation. Um, maybe less of a clear path than, you know, me wanting to be a nurse, but at the same, same time, like you kind of knew what you wanted to be from a young age, you had something to work towards and you could figure out, you know, whatever that path was. And you saw, you know, in other capacities, examples mm-hmm. of people doing it. You're like, I can do that. That's what I want to do. It Absolutely. seems fine. Exactly. And it was sort of, and then, you know, you get into college and you're sort of in that bubble. You're, you're, you're going to school, you're taking the classes. Um, I, you know, it all sort of, it seemed to make sense. Um, You know, I chose that, that major. And then, you know, you kind of get into, you know, time to graduate. It's 2008. And we actually find ourselves in the recession. And so, yes. I remember graduating in May of 2008, and I think I applied to something like 
100 to 200 jobs, all actually in the journalism field, uh, newspapers, magazines, all kinds of things. Um, but I, I, and I, I think I had maybe two interviews and, and nothing. And I didn't, did not get a position <laughs> at all in the profession. That, that I, must be a really competitive uh, field to go into also. I mean, recession aside, that writing and the types of positions that you would want to do. I mean, I'm sure in some ways you could, you know, type box scores or something far less exciting or glamorous or meaningful. Um, so I can imagine maybe those jobs are harder to come by, the ones you actually want, and then throw in a great recession. I feel like that'd be particularly challenging. Right, exactly. And I think, too, something that's not really spoken about in undergrad when you're majoring in a humanities career, even, you know, um, with a bachelor's in psychology, social work, sociology, there's to really continue on now you have to have like a master's and things like that. And there's not a, an exact career or an, a, an exact job title at the end. Whereas like, if you do go into nursing, like, you know what you're going to do. Like job title is already created. It's already out there. It's a very established and well-respected career. So it's, I, it was something that I kind of um, like looking back, gosh, I wish there had been a little bit more discussion in college about what jobs were actually out there. How, what, an English degree it would actually mean in the workforce as an adult if yeah. you can't actually be a writer. <laughs> I think that's a really good point. And I talked a little, I was talking a little bit and saying that, you know, I wanted to be a nurse when I was in high school and that is mm -hmm. what I applied to college in. That is not the degree that I graduated <laughs> with. Um, I realized very quickly after being there that the nursing profession, while very noble, was not really mm -hmm. the right fit for me. And that said, I didn't really know what the right fit for me mm -hmm. was. And I went through a few years of college with various mm -hmm. majors declared and finally landed on soci sociology. Okay. Yep. Um, because I loved the classes. I thought it was so fascinating and interesting. Um, and at the time, everyone just told me, get a degree, just graduate. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what your degree's in, just get a degree. So I got a degree. And much like you, I found myself in a position where I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do with this degrees? I can't type sociologist into <laughs> a search bar and find job point. titles, much like you were finding mm -hmm. in as an English major. And I was left confused. Do I pursue higher education? Mm -hmm and mm -hmm. go on for a master's where I could go into, you know, counseling, school mm -hmm. counseling, mm -hmm. research, mm -hmm. um, things along those lines where maybe you're a true sociologist, but I didn't necessarily see myself going in those directions. Mm -hmm. um, the skills that I learned in my job actually translated very nicely to a lot of different fields. Mm -hmm. So I felt as though point. I was trained for everything and nothing. That is such a great point. Exactly. And I think that those humanity degrees that we had, they really, the argument for college is what I think I took away the most from it was learning how to communicate, learning how to write well, um, all skills that are, would be great and for many professions, but then how do you figure out which one? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and in my current job, <laughs> in my current job, um, I technically don't even need a degree to do it, which is funny. 
I do value my degree because I Mm -hmm. do feel as though the college experience Mm -hmm. did train me a little bit for life. And if I could go back in time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that experience. I do think that made me better prepared for the job that I have now. I do think my sociology degree does help me in my current job, Mm -hmm. as well as I do think that it translated well to a lot of jobs, but it did not make for an easy path post-college. I struggled deeply Mm -hmm. to find a job um, and what I wanted to do. I felt like it was college majors all over again, where I have this buffet of options and I'm told to pick something, but I don't know myself well enough to know what I wanted, wanted to major in. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know myself well enough in my early twenties to know what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. That's so interesting. What, how did, how did you start off Ash? What was your first jo- career job? How did you, what did you end up in doing? So my first uh, job Well, it wasn't my first job out of college. My first career job was in property management. Um, That was pretty shortly after Mm -hmm. I graduated. I want to say within the first year to year and a half upon graduating, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know it was going to be a segue into a career job at the time, Mm. but I was looking for a job. There wasn't much out there and Mm -hmm. real estate was always really interesting to me. So I was Mm -hmm. like, let's try it out. I was a leasing consultant for um, large apartment complexes. And wow. I would say it's quite far from a dream job, <laughs> but it's what I found. Uh-huh. And I discovered that I was quite good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it within six months of being in that position, I was promoted to management. Wow. So I was a very young manager and I managed uh-huh. the day-to-day operations, um, budgets, um, staffing both in the office and the maintenance staff, as well as all the residents there. Um, so it was a really interesting crash course. It was high stress. It was a lot of hours. Uh, it was draining. It was a Mm -hmm. difficult job, but I did feel at the time that I should be grateful that I had a job because Mm -hmm. it was during this recession. Sure. I should be grateful that I had a job. Yeah. And I felt as though I fulfilled everyone's expectations and what my expectations were of myself at that time. I graduated from high school. I went to college. I got a degree that everyone told me that I needed. Just Mm -hmm. get a degree. It doesn't matter what it's in. Mm -hmm. I got that degree. And then the goal is to find a job that you can advance in that you're good at. So here I was, I'm in my early twenties and I'm like, when I first got the job, I was thrilled. When I got yeah. promoted, I was even more thrilled. I was like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Quickly, too. Quickly. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized maybe, I mean, pretty quickly after that, that I didn't like the job. Oh, yes. It mentally and emotionally drained absolutely everything from me. And I wasn't happy and I didn't know why I wasn't happy at the time, but I wasn't, I wasn't happy. I didn't feel like this was my life's calling, but I felt like I had achieved what everyone told me was the goal, but I didn't understand why I wasn't happy after I achieved the goal. And I think you kind of had a little similar experience. 
This um, is and your first res- job. What was your your first career job? This is resonating was it in New so York? hard. It was, was it the New York job? Okay. Yes. So yeah. What, what was so that one again? I um took a position I actually was you know floundering couldn't was very unhappy wasn't sure what I was going to do and also like was running out of money (laughs) it was it took me several months after graduating to find a position and I went to a job fair in Manhattan with one of my college roommates and came across a government position it had a uh it had a built-in pay scale and you had automatic raises and it was very high for the time and um it had there was cost of living because it was in new york and so i took it you know i i interviewed for it um i didn't expect to ever make as much money as the pay scale was and of course that i'm 22 anything over minimum wage seems like a lot um so i moved and i took this position and uh, immediately I was, I didn't think it was something that I was going to be in for a while, but then I found myself uh, integrated into the position with the coworkers. Um, and, you know, I started actually much like you, Ash, I was grateful and, and kind of the, the culture there, uh, the way that the leadership and management kind of, uh, kept you to work hard and their, their model was kind of like making you like reinforcing that enforcing you're so lucky to be here. Everybody wants a government job. We have the best benefits, amazing pay. Um, it's solid, you know, all these, all these things that like, also I think, uh, you know, with our parents and where the, the generation that they had grown up in, that was all really highly valued. You know, you, st- you find one position, you work 12 hours a day, you work your butt off. um, And eventually, you know, you move up incrementally. And hopefully, you know, you get that big pension at the end of the career so that then you can have like your golden retirement years. So I did, I started to believe that like, you know what, I'm so and the position, the certain position that I was in, it actually, it's funny that we talk about sociology, it was working with a lot of um, underprivileged people too. So it I kind of like every day I was hearing about people who were down on their luck. And here I was like, and I was able to, you know, progress in other parts of my life and then save a little bit. But I, um, I was deeply also unhappy. And it's sort of and I but I still was very confused about like, well, you know what, maybe this is just me, like, would I be like this at any job? Is it me? Do I not like working? Am I like lazy? Like what I, I really kind of internalized a lot of it and was there for years <laughs> yeah years. I think you I think you stuck it out longer than I, I even did, did. oh I but I remember out. you know us talking when we were younger and I do remember some of those conversations and I think at first we were both afraid to admit even to each other mm-hmm. about how unhappy we were because yeah. saying it out loud was what made you feel like you were ungrateful like right how how can I complain when some of our peers you know, hadn't found jobs or let alone jobs that they were good at or had Mm -hmm. such a good pay scale Mm -hmm. or, you know, all of those things. And I think we were afraid to even admit it to ourselves. And then one day it was like, you know, you kind of let it slip with your closest friends and you're like, kind of hate my job. (laughs) And it's like that. And it's that freeing moment where you admit it to, I think at that time, even saying it to you, like, I felt like I was almost like, 
admitting it to myself for real. Yeah, it's true. Because once you put it out there, then you know, you're good friends, like we are, we're going to keep asking about it. And we're going to push you like it really like once, once you put it out there to your friends, then it's scary, too, because there are you now you're kind of like, you're accepting accountability now everyone's gonna want to know well what are you doing about it like you can't stay there you hate it what what's next (laughs) so yeah what was your breaking point what um what was your moment where you're like I'm gonna take a leap of faith and I'm gonna move on I'm gonna do something else Uh, thank you for the question yes (laughs) (laughs) I actually was on USA Jobs which is where uh government federal employees um uh, it's it's the main hub for like if you wanted to stay in the federal government but you wanted to change positions and I came across a position for an archivist and I was like oh what's this and I started like I knew what an archivist was um, from like research and undergrad but I I didn't like I never thought about it for a, for a career and so I started researching it and it sounded so interesting talking about working with primary sources and res- and researchers um, and I like studied it. I was I reading up on and what you would need for it, you would need a master's in library science. Um, and then I started looking into other careers and, and then all of a sudden it dawned on me. I was like, oh my gosh, a librarian. <laughs> like, of course that's that. that yes. And I just have job. to share a funny side story about oh, yes. Lisa. So oh. <laughs> when we were Uh-oh. younger, Lisa's dream, and she talked about this all the time, was to have a library in her house with wall-to-wall books going along everywhere and like one of those ladders that goes like floor to ceiling like Lisa has been a book lover from like in a book purist like paper in hand oh yes likes the smell would love to sit in a room of books and that is Lisa in a nutshell people you now know her that's it so her talking about being a librarian or, or an archivist is so so you it's like a position (laughs) just built for you meant for you and everything but you know continue on I had to share that oh that's so cute and it's so funny to hear you say that because it it really is think beauty and the beast library (laughs) yes that's the dream um yeah right Ash it was just like such an aha moment like oh my god if I had just I wish that like that had been maybe even just mentioned in undergrad but you know what everything's it's funny how like all the steps because I might not have found myself um, interested in a career with the government had I not had this time and I also what I did like about my first job as much as it was a really difficult and I don't even know if it was the job sometimes I think you find yourself in a position where um, maybe like the leader like you know maybe the, the culture of the organization isn't right because um, I did like helping people I liked being involved with sort of like the general public I want to be in an archive like working predominantly cataloging or do I want to be in a librarian space where I am still really helping like patrons um, in their pursuit of knowledge and, and and now shifting through you know information uh, misinformation and teaching uh, students now how to figure out what is true and what isn't and what's a valid source. Um, but anyway, uh, so it, let me, so yes. So I, then, you know, I did have to make the decision, like, you know, going back to college. Is it something like, cause I, you know, I was, I was just 
still had a student loan from undergrad. And then I was thinking like, okay, I could, now I know what I want to do. Does it make sense? Is it a good investment? Because now you have to think about is the, am I going to get a return on this? You know, nothing's cheap. Um, but I ultimately, I decided that it was worth it. And it was going to be something um, that it really wasn't a long-term investment. I was quite sure that I wanted to do this for all of my, the remainder of my working life. I wish, I, and I, I really did a lot of research internships at libraries and cultural organizations to make sure. Um, so I really, I'm not a risk taker. So I, I did a lot of research, um, but I did, I went, so I decided I got, I did a hybrid master's at Rutgers. Um, so I, I was in the classroom and I did some classes online too, because I did still work, um, which is great. I was lucky to be able to do that because some, you know, some people, you, sometimes you're in a position where you could, you can leave and it makes sense just to get it done. Um, but I, I still wanted to work. I still wanted that income coming in. Um, and then I, once I got my master's, I was lucky enough to find a position in the federal government at a library. Um, and where I am today, I'm a university librarian and I love it so much every day that I, I, I just, I, I can't, it's just, it really is one of those things where, you know, sometimes I'm tired and I don't feel like going in, but it's never because of the work. I always, it really is one of those things where when you enjoy what you do, you really don't feel like you're working in a sense where your energy is drained. It just kind of like I go in and I get energized and I'm really excited about the overall mission. And I realized that that was something that was really important to me that I really felt connected to the mission, which is the pursuit of knowledge um, and supporting others' research and teaching. Um, and I think that's kind of important, Ash, when you think about taking a career shift, like what is most important to you from that? Is it flexibility? Is it um, pay? And that's totally legitimate. You want to make money? Go for, absolutely. Is it um, something where you feel like you're interests so you're getting paid for like your passion is that really important to you um, I think that's important when you're thinking about making a shift is really like blocking out any sort of noise or what other people want out of their jobs and really like reflecting on yourself and what you want your day-to-day -to, -day to look like and being true to that um what, I agree about, uh, I actually I was gonna say I actually heard a quote and it said success without fulfillment isn't true success and mm. I felt like that's always really resonated. And I mm -hmm. felt like fulfillment is something that we both a little bit felt like was lacking from our first jobs. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely didn't feel on paper, I was successful, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I was not fulfilled. So I didn't feel successful. Mm -hmm. And I feel as though that's like, now you feel some level of fulfillment in your current position. And you totally. took that big leap of faith to say, okay, I achieved what I was told was success, mm -hmm. what we were raised to, to, to believe. And through no fault of our parents mm -hmm. or anyone, that was God, just the no. push at the time. Mm -hmm. You achieved that and you're like, I don't have that fulfillment. It means that I'm going to have to go back to school, but it's worth it. And you did it. And now you have this amazing position that really is like almost just made for you. <laughs> and I love that. I love that for you. And yes, I had a, you know, kind of similar aha moment to you. Uh -huh. um, I had been in that property management position for a while. Um, I burned out. 
and I, I quit. Mm-hmm. I took the, I'm going to be honest, probably one of the first jobs that came along after that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the exact opposite of the job that I had been in. It was very light, very easy, mm-hmm. very stress-free. Mm-hmm. There was no room for advancement. <laughs> um, and I don't want to say that taking that position was a mistake. I absolutely don't, mm. don't think that. I think it was the mental break that I needed to reassess where I wanted to go. Because mm-hmm. again, I knew I wasn't happy, but I didn't know where that led me. And in all of my job searches, it wasn't leading me anywhere. Mm-hmm. I did from there end up getting recruited back to property management. That's right. Um, which I would like to say that I had the foresight to realize that I was unhappy in that position and that going back to that wasn't going to be a fix, Mm -hmm. but I fell for the allure of more money and a job Mm -hmm. that I was good at Mm -hmm. with a clear path for advancement, which I did take a position that was lacking all of those things. So I felt like I stepped further away from what success was supposed to be, Mm -hmm. went back, and very, very quickly realized I had made a huge mistake. I remember that. And I was left wondering what I was going to do. I had Mm -hmm. a six-month-old baby at the time. That's right. And I was absolutely miserable in a job that was taking all of my time away from her. I was having a conversation with my husband mm-hmm. and one of the careers that I had always discussed was real estate, like getting my real estate license and, you know, helping people buy and sell real estate. Mm-hmm. I never went for it because you don't make money in real estate until you sell something. Right. Right. The, the security is gone. There's, there's no, no security, mm, no security. Yep. There's no security. You're self-employed and you have to figure out how to make it work. But my, my husband encouraged me. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know what? You're not happy. Just do it. We will Love figure it. it out and we will uh, make it work mm-hmm. until you make money. I want mm-hmm. you to be happy. And that's what I did. I quit that job. I took classes and I didn't make any money until I sold the house. Um, How long did it take? Do you remember when you sold your first house? Um, it wasn't actually too long after I graduated, um, from there or got my license, I should say. Um, it wasn't, I want to say maybe six months into it. Uh It it wasn't too, it wasn't too hard. But still, Um, still, you know, you definitely to get the first sale to get the first sale wasn't hard Uh to consistently make sales. Gotcha. Um, I, when I got my real estate license, I had the six month old baby I talked about before. I also in real estate classes discovered I was pregnant with my second I can't and that I was going it. to be a mom of wow. two kids under 18 months. <laughs> They're 13 and a half months apart. Amazing. And I had just quit my stable job and I was pregnant and I'm starting this new career and it was terrifying, mm-hmm. but I was like, I have to make this work. I have to make this work. It wasn't easy. And I didn't make it work perfectly right away. Um, I struggled and had many ups and downs throughout Mm -hmm. the years, but I absolutely do not regret a moment of it. Mm -hmm. All of it allowed me 
so much time with my kids that I would have never had in another career path. It also allowed me to figure out so much about myself. And I learned how to not sell houses, but build a business. I knew how to help people buy houses. I was a great real estate agent from the start. I had a phenomenal mentor who taught me everything that I needed to know about paperwork and transaction management and how to make that process go smoothly. When I worked with my clients, I was amazing with them, but I was not an amazing business owner. I didn't understand the back end and how important it was to always be generating business. That's so I so floundered a lot oh. in those early years mm-hmm. and couldn't quite figure out how to put those pieces together. And I discovered, um, I, I met um, a business coach. Mm-hmm through YouTube, which is wild and a process of our generation. Uh And she Uh outlined everything that she was doing. And it was everything I had been trying to do for several years and hadn't been able to do successfully myself. I reached out to her Mm -hmm. and honestly, the rest is history. I did her coaching program and it completely changed my life. It changed my mindset to be a business owner and an entrepreneur and to be working, not just on being a great agent to my clients, but to be a great business owner, which was the piece that I was missing. Mm-hmm. It, it completely changed the trajectory of my business and made my business flourish. That's incredible, Ash. Cause it's true. Like when you're talking about being a natural real estate agent, like it's, I remember when you you came to the conclusion that that's what you were going to do. It just made so much sense. Ashley is a very organized type A personality. She gets, she's always on time. So, so efficient and such a follow through her. Like every time I was like, Oh yeah, Ashley's becoming a real estate agent. Everyone that I knew was like, she's going to be fabulous at that. And you were, but there's a whole nother piece to it that you wouldn't realize until you got, you dove into it. Like you wouldn't have known about the importance of the business structure and business model until you were, you you already took the leap. You had to get in there before the rest of it worked itself out. Before I had met my business coach, I was actually found myself at another crossroads. Like, did I make a mistake? Should I keep on this path? Mm -hmm. And I was searching my soul and the internet Mm -hmm. and I found Mm -hmm. her and she was incredible and has always, I credit her with my early, you know, shift to success. And I now work with another amazing business coach one-on-one and she's what helps me keep on this path. And I didn't know business coaching existed. You don't know what you don't know. And now I have these like now I have an amazing coach who pushes me and questions and teaches me and guides me. And I, it's been completely life-changing for me. And I now feel that sense of fulfillment and that sense of real success. It gives me immense satisfaction when I help someone buy or sell a house. Like I love that human connection, that human Mm -hmm. story in the process I love that. Like I live for those moments and to be able to have found a way to make my business successful. So I get to do that more and more for me is as close to a dream job Mm -hmm. as I'm ever going to get. And that, that self-employment lifestyle has allowed me 
you know, time to allocate towards my kids, towards now yeah. starting this podcast with you, yes, which yes. is another endeavor that I never imagined. And I'm thrilled to be on um, and to start. Um, I have a little local group of women, um, all entrepreneur women in the community, and we meet to support one another. Oh, that's wonderful. And to talk about what we have going on. It wow. allowed me to start stuff like that. And I now feel all these pieces coming together. And I feel like, this is it. This is my picture of success. This is so wonderful. You know, when you're saying, when you were talking about how fulfilling and how rewarding it feels when you help people buy their homes, it's life-changing, but it also makes me think about, you know, you've always, this it's it, how clear this goes back to like your degree in sociology is because you have an interest in people. And yes. it's so true, like those skills when you were, when you were studying sociology, you know, is empathy and how could you, you can't sell something, especially something as important as your first purchase or your next purchase. Like how can you sell something without having empathy for others and understanding yourself? And so it's like all these skills that you learned translated into this beautiful career. And also it's come full circle with your, you had a wonderful mentor and now you're mentoring others. I just think it's so incredible. And the sense of community that you've built is inspiring. That's just, and I love, and I love how, you know, even though you're self-employed, you still have like colleagues and you still have like a community that encourages each other to move forward. Yeah. And I think uh, this path too, like I said, it's really allowed me the flexibility to be with my family more and I can schedule my time. Like, I love to be able to pick up and drop off my kids at school. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to do as often as I can. It's really important to me to be there for some of the little moments. That's just something that's important to me. I love going to their sports events and all those little moments. So this career path has allowed that for me. Sure. It's so funny that you, that you are not funny. It makes, of course, you know, that's such a huge part in factoring a, career and a transition it's actually I find myself now sort of like we talked about you know last week um family planning and when I might if I if I want to have kids I'm actually I am nervous now because I'm like oh you know I finally found myself at a place where I really love my career I love where I'm at I I hope to uh move up pretty quickly there's a, a position I have my eye on and now I'm thinking oh no like is now the right time like so it's I it's something now that I, it was never really a factor before when I thought about my career and jobs that I would take. But now it's sort of something um, that I have to think about. It's kind of at the forefront. Um, so I, am, I, you know, and I think that that would be a really important um, factor in taking another position is scheduling and, you know, what flexibility might be available. We are kind of lucky um, in a sense where what, COVID-19 is sort of restructure the workforce. And I think this, you know, the great resignation, a lot of why people decided to leave positions that they were unhappy in, you know, a lot of it had to do with uh, time to reflect and feeling maybe burnt out at a current position and deciding, you know, what, what do I want to do? Do I, I, you know, we, we kind of, you know, we're shifting away from that, like, uh, 
live to work to more of like uh, work to live or to have a, you know, what we've been lucky to find is, you know, you're not, it's not really one against the other anymore. They kind of flow in and out and ebb and flow where your passion is part of your work and it gives you the energy to both pursue out like your our like this fun really really fun new creative pursuit that we're doing um but then it all you know so you're able it, it energizes you to as well if that makes sense <laughs> yeah and I do I agree I think that you know COVID had brought about um a reassessment of what's important mm-hmm. to a lot of people and a lot of people are kind of seeking you know that balance um mm-hmm. it's always talked about that work-life balance And people are sort of reassessing that and they're looking, a lot of people are looking for that flexibility, maybe for that remote position Mm -hmm. or, you know, that creative outlet or, and part of what's so great about the time that we live in now is there's really never been a better time for creative endeavors, for making money off of something that you're interested in with the internet Mm -hmm. um, and social media, there's I mean, there's career paths that never existed when we were younger. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are making millions off being YouTubers. Mm -hmm. People are influencers on Instagram. These are positions that people created Mm -hmm. and now make money on. And using those avenues, if you want to, you are now given the tools to very cheaply, I'm not going to say easily, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot to learn. But you're now given the tools to promote yourself, to advertise for free um, and whatever it takes. And I think that that's really fascinating. And of course, that's not for everyone and everyone has different fields. But I think that the creation of things like that is so interesting. And this creation of more remote jobs than ever before. Absolutely. It's so true what you were speaking to about how information has really been democratized, you know, like it's, it's, there's so many open access, you know, we have so much access to information and how to's, whether it be YouTube or more formal like master classes, you really have the opportunity to do it on your own timeline. And even like you said, more remote positions where you live might not necessarily determine where you work and who you work for. So you have a, a lot of opportunity to expand uh, in your job search and to, and it's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, um, in talking with other parents and everything, I think that our generation shares a different perspective on career opportunities. When we talk to our own children, I think like cool. we discussed the push when we were in school, it was like college was the really the only choice. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to parents now, um, because of that push for college, there's a lack of people in the trades now. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, it's a serious issue. And I think that a lot of people are seeing that there's so much value and opportunity in those trades. Oh, yeah. And I think that a lot of parents High are recognizing salaries. that and are presenting to their kids like, you can go to college, you can be in a trade, you can be an entrepreneur and go your own way. You can do, I mean, really whatever you want to do. And there's no one right way. And there's no one right path to do it. Such an excellent um, framework for 
someone's future to instill in children young that there is like like you know our definition of success was pretty similar even though we grew up in different households and now I do agree I think it's beautiful and so exciting that there is no like I think now there's just such a a there's a less judgmental um framework for what is the right way to what's the best way to what's the most like like valued honored way to make money what's the you know it doesn't have to be a 12-hour grind every day like it looks so different now and a lot of it I think we've really sort of post-pandemic put a lot of emphasis on happiness and whatever that looks like to you and, I agree right and I one of the biggest things and that I, when I talk to people, I am so big on happiness and fulfillment. Nobody's going to be happy or fulfilled hundred percent of the time. Correct. But to try to find that, I think that that's just so important. And that's what I hope my kids find. Um, and I hope that, you know, anyone out there who maybe is like us and is in a job that mm-hmm. is traditionally considered successful you know, can find their own way to, you know, success on their own terms, fulfillment and happiness. And that could be in an entrepreneur field. It could be in a traditional nine to five job. Sure. It could be Absolutely. as a stay at home parent. Exactly. All of those are jobs. And I, I truly believe that we should all celebrate one another's successes, no matter what that looks like. Maybe it's not your picture, but it doesn't make it any less worthy. And that I think is so important. Actually, I love what you said. It's so true. I think that the key to a lot of happiness uh, is looking at other people's choices and it's really for them and, and really not, and not looking at it through your own lens, but be like really like taking away from it, that itself, not to not compare because everyone has completely different ideas of what they want out of their day with what they need to wake up and feel inspired. And it's really exciting just to look at what everyone else is doing. And it's so cool to see someone living a completely different life than yours but you can you learn so much from each other that's like that's kind of growth and development for like your small maybe insular social social group to the community at large it's yeah. just so it's so exciting this has been so fun it is <laughs> and like i said i think that you know while we were each grateful at the time for the jobs yes. that started off our path to where we are now i think we're both equally happy that you know we've been able to find our realistic dream job. Yeah. We encourage anyone out there, you know, if you want to email us at 35 ishpodcast at gmail.com or reach out on Instagram and you're not sure, like, we'll, you know, we don't have all the answers, but we certainly have all kinds of encouragement. <laughs> Absolutely. And just thank you so much for listening. We love that you're all on this journey with us. We love chatting with you every week. Um, and we can't wait to talk to you next week. Ash, before we sign off, I have a question for you, if you don't oh, mind. Yeah, shoot. <laughs> so we feel so grateful, like we said, to be in our realistic dream jobs. But Ash, if we took the realistic out, what would be your ultimate dream job? If you could do anything in the universe? <laughs> That's a really funny and interesting question. <laughs> and strangely enough, I think it would be starting a podcast. Oh, no. 
that makes I so feel much like sense. This You're so is good a, at it. I feel like this is a dream realized. Um, like a very dreamlike experience for me. Uh-huh. Um, very surreal in the best possible way. I love it. And I love that we're doing this together. I know. It's so wonderful. And I love that everyone's along for this ride and is kind of experiencing, you know, my dream job in real time. But what would your dream job be? <laughs> so <laughs> I just have to say that this, it, it makes sense that podcasting is a dream job because you're a natural. She actually is the brains behind all of this. I, I'm just lucky to be along for the ride, people. <laughs> no. <laughs> but my dream job would be, actually, I would love to be a soundtrack director for movies. Like I would love to be the person deciding what, what songs go along with the different scenes in movies or TV. <laughs> oh, I love that. I would have never it's guessed that. Favorite. Sometimes I walk around and have a soundtrack in my head and I, I act out like I'm in a, in a song. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> anyway, that was fun. I just, I'm so, that was fun to, to talk that out. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I we hope you're enjoying this as much as we are. Remember, subscribe to us at Spotify or Apple Podcasts, um, and then follow us on Instagram and leave us a good review if you're enjoying it. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Yeah.